Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching this morning on this beautiful sunny Monday morning here, uh, January the 28th in the piney woods of Northeast Texas, right here in my office, Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas. I'm excited to be with you this morning sharing God's Word. There's nothing like it in the entire world. I know for years we thought life was about all these other things, but we finally found out, praise God, that life is about Jesus and the scriptures are about Jesus. So to experience life is to experience Jesus, but the direction and the how-to comes right from the Word of God and that's why it's the most important thing on the planet. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippian church, for me to live is Christ. That means without Christ, there's no living. If we're not bearing the fruit of Christ, we're not experiencing life, for He is our life. Praise God. Again, we're in Romans chapter 5. This is our Romans teaching. This is part 11 in chapter 5. So if you're looking for where we are exactly, that's it. Part 11 in Romans chapter 5. All these teachings are uploaded at the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can find our worship services there, our messages. You can find our Galatians uh, teaching, which is ongoing right now and has been for over a year. <clears throat> that Galatians teaching is also carried out live on my YouTube channel, Pastor Curtis' YouTube channel, uh, every Friday morning at 9 a.m. So I encourage you, if you're anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texarkana, drive over, be with us in the studio out here uh, every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. And if not, just tune in live. If not, then catch it in the archives because they are not only on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, but they're also at the website, the crosswaychurch.com so we just try to make it possible for everybody wherever they are uh, to be able to hear the gospel to hear the word of God taught in its truth and righteousness outside of that it's just God's not going to work in it God's not going to use it and so I'll, I'll say it again this morning as I've been doing for the past few months all God's words are in righteousness Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God's word, the righteousness of God, period, is only revealed in the gospel from faith. That means as we're hearing the gospel, faith comes by hearing to faith. From faith to faith, the righteousness of God is revealed as we go from hearing the gospel that brings faith to hearing the word of God in its gospel form that brings faith. I hope you're getting that today. Anything outside of that, you're not going to find God working in. It's just going to be men and accrediting it to God. And that's a dangerous place to be, my friend, when you, you and I can actually walk in a place according to God's Word in its righteous context as truth and experience the very will of God for our lives. Not hope I am, not I hope I get it right, but no, there's nothing like that assurance the Holy Spirit gives you I'm not talking about uh, any r room left for doubt. I'm talking about there's nothing like that assurance the Holy Spirit gives you when you finally find this place, when you allow Him to bring you back to Calvary and everything in the Bible is about Jesus and what He did at Calvary. You're talking about true life. You're talking about everything changing 
once again, even for the Christian, we can get away and get caught up in books and what seems to be right and appears to have a right standing to it. But I'm telling you, until we get back to the focus of Calvary, our eyesight has gone blind. Peter wrote that, and we don't want to go blind again. Amen? So we're in Romans chapter 5 this morning, and we're going to get on down, and we're going to get in this morning, really going to cover verses 15 through 18, I hope, but I like to back up and get a running start in where we've been and push our way into where we're going. Amen? Romans chapter 5, verse 12, I'll just read here for a minute. Wherefore, as by one man, being Adam in the garden, sin entered into the world, and death came by sin. And so death passed upon all men, because all men have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. And if you'll remember the last couple of sessions, we have taught right here from the Word that men don't need a law to sin. Men don't need a law to sin. I mean, God gave the law and it intensified and revealed and even put the sin nature to work greater than it ever had been before uh, when He gave us the law. But before the law ever came, all the way from Adam who had the law, don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the day you do, you'll die. All the way from however, 1,400, 1,600, and I'm not real sure about that, but a long period of time, many, many millions of people were born and died and died in their sins and went to hell and they didn't even yet have the law of Moses. Why did they die and go to hell if they didn't have a law? Because they were sinners. Always remember, God has given us two things that we need to be able to seek Him. And those that seek Him will find Him if they seek Him with all their heart. Listen, He gave us creation and said, you got to be a fool to think this just appeared or evolved. And He gave us a conscience. Amen. So my point is, all the way from Adam to Moses, between the laws given, men just died. They were born and they died in their sins because men don't need a law to die and to go to hell. So, verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. There you have it. Even over them that had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgression. They didn't have a law not to eat after any tree like Adam did. They still died in their sins. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Adam being the first Adam, the first man God put on the earth, formed of the dust, breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. Back in Genesis, the Bible tells us that. And 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47 tell us that. And the last Adam, get that. God's only given two men that represent the human race. The first Adam, the one that was a living soul, and the last Adam, the one that is a living spirit, the Lord, the one that came from heaven. Again, if you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47 tells us the last Adam, the last representer of men, all men, the last man God put on the earth that was not reproduced by men. Neither one of those were. Adam was a son of God. Jesus is a son of God. Jesus is the son of God that came from heaven, a life-giving spirit. 
He's the last representation of all humanity. There's only two. You're either in Adam's family, lost in your sin, on your way to a place called hell to be separated from God and all His good things for all eternity, or you're born again through accepting Christ and what He did at the cross for the payment for your sins, and you've been born, died to the old family, and you've been born again, born into a new family, the family of God. And so there's only two Adams. Don't forget that. Adam was a type and a shadow of the Adam to come as he was a representation of all humanity. And Jesus came and tasted death for all men, Hebrews 2 and 9, by the grace of God, so that he could redeem all men and whosoever believes on him, not works for it. Get that, this is important for our lesson today, where we're about to go. All who believe on him, not work for it, not not work for him, not do a deed, not, not go and try to be good, not all these things that people even use God's word and twist unto their own destruction, Peter said, but all those who believe on him for the free gift. Praise God. That'll make you shout. Hallelujah. Watch this. Verse 15. <clears throat> but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if... Everybody, why don't you just say those two words right now? Free gift. Why don't you just say that with your lips? Free gift. You, you need to understand that. There are many a men today and always have been who stand in pulpits who will say, yes, it's a free gift, but you have to... No, listen. It's a free gift and outside of just faith in Christ and what He accomplished at Calvary, outside of that is works God won't accept and people that teach you have to work for the free gift means it's not a free gift. Do you see how silly and foolish that is? If you have to do anything, it's no longer a free gift. You're having to do something for it. Hallelujah. People twist the word and make it sound like you have to do a water baptism to receive the free gift. No, the free gift you receive by faith and then <coughs> you go and you're water baptized. If you turn that around and believe that water baptism something you actually do, even though it's biblical, then you're eliminating yourself from grace. Grace only comes by faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Grace does not come by what we do. Grace comes by what God did in Christ at Calvary. Oh, that's good news, my friend. Grace never comes based on what we do. Grace only comes based on our faith in what Christ has done. See, that's powerful. We need to know that. Preachers need to know that. I know they'd lose their, a lot of their congregations because they just want to work for it. I'm not working for anything. If there's any works going on in my life, it's because I'm believing in what gave me the free gift, Christ and Him crucified. And the works that are now being carried out are found in Christ. Remember that, and I hadn't said this in a while, but you need to know it. All the works, Ephesians 2.10, all the works that we're called to be a part of are in Christ. And until you by faith believe in the sacrifice of Christ, you're not in Christ yet. If you believe you have to do a work to get into Christ, that work is outside of Christ and no works outside of Christ can get you into Christ. Only the work He did at the cross and your faith in that gets you into Christ and there's where the works are. There's when we go and get water baptized. There's when we go to church and begin to experience the fruit of it all. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Watch this. In the middle of verse 15, for if through the offense of one, 
many be dead. That's talking about Adam sinning and all being dead in sin. Much more the one, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, not you doing something. Grace is what God does. Outside of that is what you're doing alone without Christ. Christ said, you can do nothing without me in John 15. Verse 5, you can do nothing without me. You can bear no fruit without me. He's talking about fruits in John 15. You can, you're, 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 I'm the vine, you're the branch. You can bear no fruit. You can do absolutely no thing without me. Think about that. And it's when we receive the grace of God initially for salvation because we're believing in what Jesus did to save us and daily right now, 40 years after you've been born again, if you're going to experience the grace of God today, your faith is going to be in what allows the Holy Spirit of grace to function in your life. See, you can't... Let me me just get this right this morning. Let's straighten this out, get all the kinks out of the rope. There is no difference between the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of God, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and grace. If grace is functioning in your life, that means the Spirit of God because He is the Spirit of grace. Did you get that? We have for too long separated things from from each other in the Bible. The Word that we hear that brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 is the same faith that's that measure of faith. Romans 12, 3 that Jesus said we've received so we won't think more highly of ourselves. It's the same faith we live by. The faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Galatians 2, 20. You can't set... There ain't a faith over here and a faith over there. There's one faith. Ephesians 4 tells us there's one faith. Hallelujah. It's one faith. It's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've separated too much. You don't listen, you can't separate grace from the Spirit of God. Because if grace is happening, that means God is doing something. And that means that everything he does, he does by his spirit. You say, well, not what Jesus did at Calvary. Yes, even what Jesus did at Calvary. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of grace led Jesus every step of his life. Remember, he didn't live as God that he was. He lived as man that he was to represent men that we are. And he had to be led by the Spirit of God. Do you remember Jesus said, I don't do a thing unless I see my Father do it. I I don't say a word unless I hear my Father say it. Well, how was he hearing his Father? How was he seeing what his Father would do, what his Father wanted him to say and do? It was by the Spirit. It was by grace. Remember Hebrews 2.9? The Bible says Jesus tasted death for all men by the grace of God. The Spirit of grace. Hallelujah. You can't separate grace from the Spirit of God. The Spirit of grace. And if we are drawing grace from God, it's only because our faith is in the cross. Remember, the Spirit of God works by law. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 2. The Spirit of God works by law. Don't, I know people, well, you can't, you're trying to put God in a box. God can't be put in a box, but God does work within the perimeters of the law that He's given His Spirit, who He is, to work by.
Amen. Psalms 33, 4, write it down. I hope you rejoice. I hope it don't hurt your feelings this morning. But if you're caught up in a lot of false avenues, it probably will, but that's okay. It's, I've learned that folks are going to have to get mad before they get glad. They're going to have to get their feelings hurt before they realize we're not living by feelings but by faith. But Psalms 33 and 4 says, The word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. Glory to God. All His works are done in truth. Now, don't, don't listen to some preacher that comes along. And I know most preachers that have even heard us preaching this, they're terrified of it. They're scared of it. The, the devil's still trying to make them think we're putting God in a box. Uh, but God says, I only work in truth. My, law, my spirit has a law that it works within the perimeters of. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that means faith in the cross because there's where we were placed in Him. Romans 6.3 and Colossians 2.6 tells us, As we have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in Him. So, mm, my Lord, some of you's getting that today. Some of you's getting this. Praise God, some of you are grabbing a hold of this. It's grabbing a hold of you. It's not us putting God in a box. And listen, don't be scared of the Scriptures. Let the Scriptures lead you. The Holy Spirit wants to do great things in your life. Let's move on. You've held me up here too long. But uh, for if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God. What are we going to say together right here when we hear the grace of God? What God has done, <laughs> not what we've done, much more by the grace of God, and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. That means the grace of God only comes by one man, and that being through the death of that man. Galatians 2.21, Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. That means that, that word frustrate means set aside or deny. Paul says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. That means righteousness comes by grace and grace comes only through the death of Jesus. His death was not in vain. Our faith in His death, death gets us the grace of God that brings forth righteousness. And that grace only reigns through that righteousness. We'll see that later on in the end of this chapter. Good stuff this morning. I hope you're being edified by the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. Watch this now. Verse 16. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. There's that word gift again. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. Here it comes. Watch this now over the next three or four scriptures. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. The free gift took us from all our offenses unto being justified with God. Notice the free gift is what whatever the free gift is, and we'll find out in just a minute, whatever the free gift is, that, my friends, is what is unto, leads to justification. Let's find out what that is. Watch this. Here it is in this next verse. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Now think about that. What Adam did is disobedience. Death has reigned in all of humanity. Still reigns today in all those who are lost. 
If, if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now let's look at this. They which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness... Remember, righteousness only comes to us through grace. Grace. Jesus tasted death for all men by what? By grace. What is grace? Grace is what God does. I, let's just get back to, as my friend Brother Larson's been preaching the last few uh, Sunday nights in Family Worship Center, let's get back to the basics. There, the Holy Spirit pours out to us the, the truth, uh, God's words in righteousness. Let's get back to our first love. No, we're not going backwards. Our first love thrust us into the things of God. Oh man, they, the, our first love is where we saw God loved us first. Our first works were those classified as God where we had faith in His Son and what His Son did for us at Calvary and He began the work. God only calls our faith right because it's proper faith in His Son. God only calls our works right and proper works if it's what He's doing in and through us. Hallelujah. Because we can do nothing without Him. So we see here... The gift of righteousness. Righteousness is the gift. Righteousness is the gift. And I want to look at a couple of scriptures this morning. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Write this down. It's so important that you know this. Now we have received. Now these, these, Paul is talking about Christian people who've accepted Christ as their sacrifice and propitiation as the work that pleased God for the forgiveness of all our sin and to bring us into the family of God. That's the we here. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. My friends, brothers and sisters, don't ever let preachers or parents, grandparents, friends, co-workers, anybody at all ever tell you you've got to do something. You have to literally do anything to receive the things God has for you because it's all free. The only thing that spins in heaven is your heart, who you are, not your thing pumping your blood in your body. The heart of man is who you really are. It's your soul and your spirit. It's who you are. And you believe with that heart, with who you are, all that you are, unto righteousness means you're believing in what Christ did at Calvary and that brings you grace. It brings you that initial status of righteousness. It brings you 50 years later after you've been born again the fruits of righteousness daily. Hallelujah, that's good stuff. But it's free. Something I said in my message yesterday morning, Sunday morning, it's all free but that don't mean you're not going to have to violently push past yourself, your flesh, the world, the, in, the devil, and, and, and everything that's against you having what God has for you freely. God's not holding back. God's offered us all these things freely in Christ. 
Romans 8.32 says, If he spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. You need to understand that. Free. We don't work for it. We can't go to an altar in the church and grit our teeth and squinch our eyes and, and hope God moves. We, we, we can be caught up in the things that there's nothing wrong with going to the altar. Nothing wrong with gritting your teeth and, and squinting your eyes. If that's what it is that, 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 that helps you to push through to keep your faith in the sacrifice of Christ. But all those things, nothing but your belief in the cross. Nothing but your belief in the cross. Nothing but your belief in the cross is going to give you the avenue of receiving all that God has for you freely. It's all by the grace of God, and the grace of God is what God does. What God did, what God will do, and is doing, and what God will do. That's powerful. That's powerful. Watch this now. Verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment, of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, know that. The righteousness of one, Jesus in his perfect sacrificial work, his perfect life without sin. He never committed a sinful thought, a, a sinful word, a sinful deed. Uh, that's why you got to be careful when you turn on the History Channel and, and Hollywood's trying to portray some Jesus who had some affair with Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. If it's not in the pages of Genesis through Revelation, and I'm not talking about some new age weirded out. I'm talking about a Bible that's been around for a long time. If it's not on the pages of what we call the Bible, the Word of God, it is not true. Men, are we're so prideful and self-centered, we try to pick, pick, paint us our own picture of a God we want to serve when all we have to do if we want to serve the one true living God is get in the one true living God God's word. Hallelujah. Well, listen, when you're hearing voices that tell you, well, men wrote the Bible and oh, there's been, it's been so much changed. Listen, don't listen to men. Listen to the men God breathed into their hearts and gave them the truth and the anointing and uh, to write His word to you and me. Praise God. That's powerful. Hallelujah. Watch this though. Even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift, which is what? The gift of righteousness came by the one and only, only righteous one came upon all men unto justification of life. It's been offered to all men. Jesus Christ, the righteous, our righteousness. What He did at the cross was that one righteous act in humbling Himself becoming obedient unto death, made Him many things to us. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 tells us that He was made unto us righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, uh, 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 and, and one more, uh, righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, uh, 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 one more. Let's turn over there. If we don't know, hey, we got a Bible right here. Let's look over there. That's good stuff. You need to know what Jesus was made unto you, but of Him are you in Christ Jesus. 
but who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Inside those four things is all you will ever find. All you will ever need to find. All that God will work in is found in those four things right there. How do I know that? Because those things are the main things Jesus was made unto us. You need to be redeemed. You need to be righteous. You need to be sanctified. You need to have His wisdom. Hmm. Think about that. That's powerful stuff. So, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Remember the first representative of man, the first one God gave us is to represent all humanity. That's why when you're born, you're born as a sinner. You don't become a sinner when you start sinning. You start sinning because you are a sinner. When you get here, you're in the family of the lost race of Adam. Mm-hmm. Even so, by the righteousness of one, that one righteous act Jesus performed, the free gift came of righteousness upon all men unto justification of life. Remember, uh, Romans 8 and 10 says, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive. It's life because of righteousness. It's talking about Jesus and what He did at Calvary. You can never hear the word righteous and it not take your mind to Jesus who is our righteousness and none exists outside of Him and we can't do anything without Him. So whatever we're doing with Him means we're receiving freely of Him and we're bearing the fruits of His righteousness because our faith is in what gave us the grace of God that brings us the righteousness of God, and that's the death of Jesus. He did it for us without it costing us anything. Our faith, our belief upon Him gets us all things. Now remember, you have to always remember the letter to the Galatians. Paul said, you've removed yourself from Him. So when our faith is not in the cross, as the Galatians were being pulled away from the truth... And listen, when, when their faith was being pulled away from the truth, which is what Christ did at Calvary, they were removing themselves from Him. And everything we've been given by God is offered to us freely. Remember Romans 8.32, but it's only offered to us freely with Him. We were crucified with Him. We were buried with Him. We were raised to newness of life in Him. Read Romans 6. But we can remove ourselves from Him in our present condition. We're forever, as long as we keep our faith, forever in Him at the right hand of God in Christ. That's our position. But here you and I, proof is the Galatians. They remove themselves from Him. And it says they've fallen from grace. Galatians 1 and 6, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Christ no longer profiting them, no longer affecting them. Fallen from grace. What is grace? God doing something. You and I can remove ourselves from where God works. The grace of God is found only in the truth. Because the grace of God is what God is doing and God only works in the truth. If you just jumped in on the end of this broadcast, rewind it, go back and listen to this, there were some profound things told for us to hear today. God wants us to know so we can hold fast the course, hold fast that which He's given us. Well, I'm out of time. Man, I get so excited teaching these good things of the Lord and I just pray He'd give us all a greater illumination of Christ in the Scriptures. Who is our light? Hallelujah. Uh, 
I love you. God bless you. And until this next Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.